building a free world by building coalitions. Let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Stratus IP studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or outdated business technology put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. Well, let's talk about it, folks. Can we, in fact, build a more free world by going ahead and building coalitions? Joining us, the one and only Larry Sharp from the great state of New York. Larry, welcome back to The Brian Nichols Show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I am impressed. I'm here again. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Larry, thank you for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation today. And obviously, you are trying to bring some freedom back to my old home state of New York State, which it is a great state. There's a lot of beautiful areas up there. I'm from the St. Lawrence River Valley. You have the Adirondacks. Yep. You have the, the Catskills. You have the, the Plateau. You, you mean, there's, I mean, Niagara Falls, right? One of the most beautiful places in the world. Absolutely. Right there next to uh, Buffalo, New York. So there are so many great great things. Uh, you can go ahead and enjoy in New York State, but sadly, the government in New York State made it really difficult is for folks to say. It's sad, Larry. So you're, you're fighting the good fight, man. Thank you for doing that, and you're doing so by building coalitions and helping, hopefully, restore some sense of normalcy and liberty in New York, but first, we're putting the cart before the horse. Larry, reintroduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience for the folks who aren't familiar, and also talk about what you're doing here in the world of building coalitions. Well, first thing I want to say is St. Lawrence County is a beautiful county. And by, by the way, the largest by area in the entire state. Most yep. people don't know that. The largest. And yes, the, third the, large, the third largest county east of the Mississippi River. Oh, I did not know that. There you oh, go. There we go. See, that, that's perfect. the advantage of having a dad who was a legislator for 15 years in St. Lawrence County. So. There we go. Yes. So I, I do have the, an advantage of someone like me who's crossed the state five times already. So that'll that'll help. Yeah. Say that'll definitely yes. help. Do you happen to know what's the smallest county, by the way, by, by area? Goodness, it's going to be something in New York City, right? It's Manhattan. There you go. Literally, the smallest county by area. Now, what's the smallest county by population? Is that Herkimer? No, close. Hamilton. Hamilton, okay. Yeah, I knew it was going to be right one of those ones in the Adirondacks. <laughs> Correct. Only 4,500 people in the entire county. Wow. Yes. And what's the largest county, by the way? Geographic or Population. Population. Got to be another New York City. Probably Manhattan again. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. There you go. 2.3 million. So that's Ow. the diversity of our state. 2.3 million, 4,500. <laughs> the context is just so ridiculous. Correct. It's a drop in the just, bucket yes. versus, oh man. Whew. So you know what we need? Centralization to ensure that everyone's treated equally. What? <laughs> yeah, yes. That's what we have in New York State. I'm sorry. I'm yapping away, but I, I had a point. Yep. My point was the goal has got to be diversification. Right within decentralization, within the the state itself, but also there's a lot of people who would agree with that. Right, the there are people in Brooklyn who love Brooklyn, and you know this. You're a former New Yorker. You know that there are people in Brooklyn who literally say Brooklyn's a blood type. They love Brooklyn. They want to live there. They can't wait to live there. They want to be there. Good. That's awesome. I, I think that's amazing. And there's people in Herkimer County or Hamilton County who are like, I like living in the Adirondacks. I like to where I walk outside and I can't see my neighbor like they want. They, they like that. And that's also good. Right. So I think we want to make sure that we're able to have people who can agree to disagree and agree that all they want to be is left alone. Right. Let Brooklyn be Brooklyn. Let Hamilton be Hamilton. I think that's the critical aspect. If we look at it that way, 
we can actually create coalitions to get certain things done. Now, the good thing about our current system is most people hate it. So I guess that's the good thing. The bad thing is it doesn't do anything for the people at all. It just keeps the elites in power and they just keep us fighting over culture war things or left-right paradigms. They don't help anybody, right? So if you're a Democrat now, you vote for the Democrat because you hate the Republican, not because the Democrats do anything for you. If you're a Republican, you vote for the Republican because you hate the Democrat, not because Republicans do anything for you. We, on the other hand, can get together with people and actually get stuff done. Things like changing the system, ranked choice voting, things like that. Um, things like better ballot access, um, ideas on you know sane uh, gun regulations in in the cities versus the rural areas, police reform that isn't universal, that is based upon where the person is and the people are and how they want to be policed, not deciding that every, the entire state has to have the same type of police force. These types of things we can deal with. Ending the war on drugs, right? Most people actually want that. We can join hands on that kind of thing, right? Um, supporting local people in local unions, local credit unions, and local co-ops, supporting people in all those things. These are things that many people would agree. And the, the biggest part is you make them so that it simply allows the government to move out of the way and support everyone equally so that if you don't want it, you don't have to. And my point I'll bring up now is there are a lot of people who are fighting about unions now. I'm not against unions. I think unions are fine if you don't have a union. But there are two problems with it. One is the government is involved with unions. So it forces people to be part of a union, even though they shouldn't be, even though the law says you, you don't have to be. They basically make it so you have to be part of a union. That's not a good thing. They also make it to where very often you can't have multiple unions. And to a point where now the union is spending 90% of its time supporting 10% of its bad apples instead of actually supporting the actual good people who are working in unions. Right. Most people would agree with what I just said. But so what will Republicans do? Nothing. What will Democrats do? Nothing. I actually talk about how do we make it to where people can unionize and or create co-ops. If the workers own the business, there's no need for a union. They own the business. Co-ops are actually better than unions because the workers now own the business themselves. The left will talk all the time about the idea of we should have um, you know the workers should own the means of production. Okay, let's allow them to. Well, you can't do that if they're all unionized, can you? <laughs> you can't. You can't do that if they're all unionized, can you? You can't. So let's allow them to have ownership in their own company. And the biggest problem is a cultural issue. You've brought this up before. You've talked about how the culture of libertarianism is also is often not in American culture, right? The culture of American is I have a problem, call daddy government, daddy government then forces it and fixes my problem in theory. They don't actually. But what if instead... I'll give you an example of what I mean by what many people on the left and the right both agree with this idea. And this is an idea that let's say the government owes you money, whether that's through a settlement, whether that's through unemployment insurance, whatever it is, the government owes you money. If you want to, if you get at least five people or more, depending on where we are, at least five people together, the government will pay all that money up front. Take all the money as long as you use it to start a co-op. Now, not just that. If you allow for local county-based credit unions, county-based credit unions, right, the state will support them as any other financial institution, not special, the same as any other financial institution supports them as such. Currently in New York State, we do not do that. Support it as any other financial institution so that now local uh, entrepreneurs get together and create credit unions. Now you say the state, if you get that, get a business plan that's authorized by that credit union, that they are okay to back it, the state will will match what the state owes you to double that. 
So now you get double the money, go start your co-op. The state doesn't lose any money. It's the same money going to pay you anyway. Just get it up front. The credit union gets to decide if it can help or not, giving more localized credit and more people that have credit like micro loans and such. And everyone's moving forward. No one's paying extra money. If you don't like co-ops, don't start one. If you like co-ops, go ahead. But the glory of this is <clears throat> what happens if, say, there's a restaurant and the restaurateur dies, sells, has to close up shop. Well, all these people are going to go on unemployment. Right. Right. So instead of putting them all on unemployment, have them buy the restaurant from the owner. Makes the sense. doesn't go under. They still have their jobs. They own the restaurant. I'm not paying extra money. Life is good. And if you don't like co-ops, don't start one. <laughs> Done. Let do you ever watch political candidates and think, I can do better than this? Or maybe you're curious about how to get involved for local and state offices, but you just don't know where to start. Well, have no fear, because the Libertarian Party of Illinois is holding a four-hour online candidate training course this Saturday, March 11th, split into two two-hour sessions. This course is perfect for those new to running for office, as well as experienced candidates who want to brush up on their skills. And the course is covering everything from planning your campaign to getting out the vote. And the two expert trainers are Russ Clark and yours truly, who are teaching you about your campaign mechanics and messaging. And the training is designed to be fun and engaging because, guys, we want you to get the most out of it. So if you're interested, sessions again are Saturday, March 11th with Session 1 starting at 10 a.m. Central and Session 2 at 4 p.m. Central. Both sessions should be attended and experienced by new candidates and old candidates alike. And the cost to attend is a $25 donation to the Libertarian Party of Illinois. So register now and take the first steps towards running a winning campaign at briannicholshow.com forward slash L-P-I-L. Larry, I love... I love having you on the show because you always bring solutions to the table. Now, libertarians, yep. we are known for identifying problems and then complaining yep. about said problems very loudly. And that's great up until folks say, okay, well, now what? There's a gentleman who's just on the show, Clay Clark, and uh, he was, I just listened to a recent episode of his, and he said, you know, I hate when employees come up to me and they just complain. They complain, 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 but I love when an employee says, hey, here's an issue, and here's how I think we should fix it, right? And mm -hmm. that is just like your average voter. They hear the complaints. They, they get it. Like, yeah, yep. stuff's messed up, but what are we going to do about it? And thus Absolutely. far, the proposals from both the red team and the blue team really haven't done a good job at effectively addressing any of the issues. They they end up being more like the doctor who's prescribing the prescription to, to try and remediate the, the symptoms, but not to try and address the actual underlying problems that are causing the symptoms. So we have to be, in this case, the, the holistic approach to dealing with the underlying issues. And we do that by addressing real solutions. And thank you, Larry, Absolutely. for actually doing that because not many folks actually do. Yes, but the worst part is, you know, I, I tease and say the Democrats are the party of bad ideas and the Republicans are the party of no ideas. That's basically what we have right now. Republicans just yell about how the wokesters are taking over the world or whatever they yell about. You know, dear patriot, you get your email from the Republicans. Dear patriot, stop the crazy woke people from killing America. Give me $10 today. And then the Democrats in the note, stop the evil fascist Republicans from taking over and killing women or whatever they say they're doing. Give me $10 today. But no one's got an answer. Well, Democrats do have an answer. Sorry, they do. More money, more debt, more money, more programs. So more government jobs, which the sad part is if you're in trouble and there are a lot of Americans who are in trouble and someone puts their hand out to pull you out of the water and you're drowning, you grab that hand. You don't care if that's the hand of a communist, if that's the hand of a capitalist, if that's the hand of a socialist, if that's the hand of the libertarian. You don't care. It's a hand pulling you out. 
The Democrats are very good at putting that hand out. Sadly, it's always the hand of socialism. But that hand is always out. Republicans go bootstraps and they go, I don't got any boots. So it doesn't really work. So America is shifting towards accepting what the left is saying more. Believe it or not, people will, people online will tell you that's not true. It, it's 100% true. You are seeing it everywhere, particularly because of urbanization. More and more people are moving that way. Think about it. The, the Republicans have not won a um, in a state like mine. They have not won an election in 22 years. No, no statewide election. Statewide. And they locally Republicans win, but not statewide in 22 years. And sadly, a lot of people still look to the left because the left does have answers. Clearly, I think bad ones, but answers. The bootstrap stuff, people don't want to hear when they're in trouble. So you talk about building coalitions. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I hear this is kind of same church, different pew. Now hear me out, folks, with national divorce. And let me get there. If you were to draw a straight line in terms of where we're trying to end up, right? I hear we could build coalitions with people who traditionally would not be like likely bedfellows with libertarians, but because on particular issues where we're trying to reduce the size, maybe not size, but the, at least the scope of the purview of government in certain areas to help get this, the, 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 I guess the force out of the way. Right. And then once we kind of get to that point to then decentralize, say, Hey, commies, that's not what I'm doing now. No, no, that's but but, but let me it. ask you, is, is that viable? Is that an no. option? No? No. Why not? Not at all. Problem why it's not. The vast majority of Americans love government. <laughs> love, 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 love government. The vast majority of Americans. It's not even close. When you go, we got to get government on the way, they go, then what? They can't imagine a solution that is not government-based. Think about this. Every single time there's a problem, one of the first things the mainstream news says is, we need federal legislation. That's one of the first things they say over anything. For libertarians to think that Americans don't like government, I don't know who you're talking to. I guess other libertarians. I live in New York City. Most people in New York City love government. They can't get enough of it. They love it. So you're not going to get them to get rid of government. If you notice what I did, what I just told you, I'm not trying to, and it's going to sound make some libertarians want to just vomit, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm not trying to, in my coalition building, to reduce government. That's not my, that's not what I'm doing. That is my ultimate goal. All I'm doing is one thing, trying to show people that there can be a solution without government. If I just get them there, then they'll begin to reduce government on their own. But they have to first accept in their hearts, in their brains, in their guts, that I can solve a problem without government. Right now, the vast majority of Americans can't even imagine that. So what's about getting rid of government when people can't imagine? They are, you hear all the time, let's get rid of the Department of Education. My kid will be stupid. They believe that. They believe that if we get rid of the federal Department of Education, that their kids will be stupid. Not realizing that we haven't had a Department of Education since, I mean, we have one just since 1980. I went to school before 1980. Somehow I learned how to read and write and function in society without a federal Department of Education. So clearly it can work. But this is, it's, un, they can't imagine a solution without government. That is my number one goal in coalition building, providing solutions that are not government. So let me ask you this then, because on the show here, we talk a lot about setting narratives instead of responding to them. What if we have more success in, instead of responding to the narrative of, well, my kid's going to be stupid and (laughs) just in the elephant in the room, 
Aren't they kind of stupid now? Test scores in Baltimore. I mean, I, I think the numbers were like 90 plus percent of the kids couldn't read above a second grade reading level. So we're seeing right now with the systems we have in place, it's not working. So at what point yep. do we have to say, we have to address the status quo, the the old way of doing things just doesn't work, and yep. we have to change the context that we But don't talk you know what it. they always say? It's the same thing. And I, you hear it constantly. Well, you know, more funding. That's the reason, Brian. See, because more funding. So all they'll say is, oh, the government isn't working? Well, what we need, Brian, is more government. That's you see it with the trains, right? I'll give you an example with the train, the the the, the train derailment, right? That happened in uh, Ohio, right? I think it's Ohio, right? Yep. That happened, yeah. The, the train derailment, right? The first thing they say is we need more rules, more regulations, and I say, wait a minute, we had them, we had those regulations, and that's why it crashed because we had regulations. It is regulated, right? And whether you can blame Obama or Trump, you can blame both of them. It doesn't matter. Well, we'll just make better regulations, which they will then get rid of again because it's based on government. Will they spend all the money lobbying government? Yes. So how about we don't have government involved? They go, wait a minute. That's that's the end of the world. No, no, no. Here's what we do. We simply say, and it's a very simple rule. It's a simple law. If you're going to have a train on our track, if it crashes in any way, shape, or form, your insurance must pay for everything, period. Everything. Your insurance must pay for everything. They'll go, but then I'll have high insurance premiums. Not my problem, train people. Walk away. What will that do? Insurance companies will step in. Insurance companies love stepping in. That's one of the best things they do. They literally have actuaries who will figure all these things out. The the insurance will say, yes, I'm happy to insure this. It will cost you X dollars. So here's the issue. Now they'll have to pay extra money. They can't lobby the insurance company for less money. Doesn't matter. They can't lobby the government. The government's not involved. There's no lobbying. They must pay to be insured. What will that mean? Well, if they have an accident, their insurance rates will go up or go up so high that they can no longer run their, their railroad station anymore. I mean, the railroad company anymore, in which case they will have to do good things. Not just that. The insurance company doesn't want to pay out. What will the insurance company do? Create standards, not regulations. What's the difference? Regulations get changed whenever lobbyists change them. Um, but standards change when the industry changes. So the insurance company will say, you must have three people on a train or you must have this breaking so-and-so. Otherwise, I'm going to shoot your, your premiums to the roof. How do we know this to be true? You see it right now with health insurance. Health insurance and companies, what do they do? If you provide this for your people, we'll lower your rates. If you do this for your people, we'll lower your rates. If you do things that mean we have to pay less, we will lower your rates. Already happens. So you can actually have insurance take care of this and fix this problem. It will have, and not just that, now you have whistleblowers. Right now, if some, it already happened. If some worker comes up and goes, this is bad, it's not working. He goes to the government, the government goes, whatever, it's not part of regulations, have a nice day. Then there's an accident and people die. But if he went to the insurance company, insurance company would send their actuaries out and go, oh, that guy's right. Let's change the standards because that guy was right. Let's fix it because I don't want to pay out. The insurance company can fix this. This is the critical piece. Again and again and again, I show how we can do that. That allows us to actually have safety, support union workers, right? We want to support our union workers. Right now, the union workers are going to get killed in this train right now, right? They can't. They get support. Support whistleblowers, which I support anyway, right? And then protect people. So if they drop a bunch of, you know, chemical weapons basically on a town, the insurance company has to pay out and support these people. Well, the insurance company is going to learn us lesson, isn't it? And it's now going to make sure that it changes everything. We won't even have to worry about it. 
because insurance companies say, I can't afford to spend another $3 billion on this. That's what it cost me. So guess what? We're changing everything. And they would change everything without us having to do a damn thing. And let me. This is the key. Yes. We find solutions that will help people. We start doing this, and, that, and that's free market, and there's no extra money on the government. In fact, that takes money out of lobbying. And let me give you my context to, I maybe didn't explain it the way I had hoped, with regards to why I, I bridged the, the conversation of national divorce, because I hear at least. Because I've had a lot of people on my show, specifically Daniel Miller from Texas, who, when we're talking about this, one of the main concerns they see is just the inability to make the decisions, right? Because of the overreaching bureaucracies, either from the federal government in that case, or you go to the state level. I mean, go to upstate New York in St. Lawrence, in St. Lawrence County. Good luck trying to do something in, in opposed to the state. So I would say Not- to that point, though, just really quick, to, to that point, if we were able to get to a point where we've gotten a a solution where, hey, if upstate New York wants to do their thing and the socialists and communists want to go to New York City and do their thing, we can do yep. that. 100%. Right. But, 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 then, but then don't that's make me in upstate New York pay for New York City stuff. Well, okay. Two points. One, that's not national divorce. That's just having county integrity within a state, which is what I ran on. Mm. But I'm still part of the country. I'm not divorced from the country. I'm just allowing, I literally would say, let counties be counties. I agree. We, we, we need to make it to where even our um, Senate and our assembly seats are all within counties. We don't do that either, right? So there's no real reason to care about the county government. It has no value in New York State. You are correct. We can change that. That can be done by a governor, right? That can be done just by a governor. So we can do that already, but that's not national divorce. Right. That's just having having more decentralized control. If we had more decentralized control, we'd all be happy. You know, New York State. A lot of people don't sit in New York. They hate New York City. Why? New York City runs everything. Well, well, yeah. But imagine if, to your point, New York City had no control over you. You could do what you want. You would hate New York City. You'd love New York City. You go there, watch Yankee game. You go to Broadway. You go visit Statue of Liberty and you go back to your home. You would love New York City. You only hate it because you feel like it runs everything. And the idea that upstate pays for New York City, that's a fantasy. New York City pays for upstate, not even close, not even close. The financial sector pays for so much of New York State. It's not even funny. I know upstate is always saying, well, we're paying for you downstate. You're not. New York City's paying for New York State. That's just a, a fact. Sorry about that, guys, upstate. <laughs> All right, Larry, we're going towards the tail end of the episode. I know we, we've had a lot here that we've dug through today. And obviously, this is stuff that everybody's talking about right now, the com- conversation yep. of national divorce, coalition building, like how do we move forward this is where the, the conversation is at. So this is why we have to have these conversations so we can figure out. But my, my right. point here being, though, is it is a cultural shift. Yes, absolutely. I'm not against the idea of national divorce. I'm actually not against the idea of it. I'm saying our country's nowhere near that. We're just nowhere near. This is like about you and I have. When you go out in the street, they think we're crazy. They think we're stupid. They think we're it's, it's, we're nowhere near that. The but what was the percent of the people not, in the revolution who, who supported the revolution? You know, I mean, it's it's. It's still fractions of people who are paying attention that make the change happen. A hundred percent. But when but we're not in power. Those people were physically in power. Mm. The people in the revolution were the governors of states. Yes, that's they very were true. the they were the top lawyers. They were the people who would have been the Supreme Court. They were all in power. They had the powerful people had an incentive to disengage. The powerful people here have zero incentive to disengage. The powerful people in our country today have exactly the opposite. National divorce would destroy them. 
They are making money and keeping their lives together because our country is fighting itself and doesn't realize how bad they are. They are winning in this situation. They have no desire to break this country up at all and will not push it in any way, shape or form. So I've got to get people to believe it and then people in power to believe it. They don't, which will make many of you upset. The country right now is not center right. The country center left. The government is center right. The country is center left. If you look at so many people, where they're going, what they're liking, the growth of the, 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 the popularity of Medicare for all, which I think is a disaster, but it's more and more popular, right? Why? Because the system isn't working for the average person. The right has no answers. The left has bad answers. So they're going to the bad answers. It's shifting the country towards center left. That is happening now, which is bad because a lot of countries staying hard right with a center left country, this is not going to end well. So I would like us to have a coalition to where we start working together so that you can be as right or as left as you want to be. Just don't force your views on others. I think we can do that with the right message, the right messengers, and a lot of tenacity. <laughs> Amen there. Well, Larry, unfortunately, we are hard-pressed for time, which means it's time for us to wrap up with our final thoughts. I will kick things off. And I think, you know, to your point, right, we, we have to build coalitions. I have been saying that for a long, long time. I guess my one point would be I think we should spend more time building coalitions with people who they're already kind of open to our ideas. I, I hear yeah. having conversations I with socialists and communists and forward party people. I, I hear that, but... In terms of the person who I think is going to be actually open to our ideas in a more less aggressive stance from trying to have to convince them from a pre like a pre starting off point that is just completely antithetical to ours. I think we should have a, a, a much more focused approach. So I say, and, and this isn't any to critique to you, Larry, this is more so to everybody across the board. You. Yeah. I think we all have to work smarter, yep. not harder, right? We are already in third. I want to say we're in third place. We are in a very distant third. I used this analogy when I was yes. speaking at the libertarian party of Indiana, uh, Indiana this uh, past weekend. If you look at the, the two big sodas, right? Pepsi and Coke, we are RC Cola, and we have a very, yes. very long way to go. So let's go to people who maybe already like the flavor of RC Cola or something like RC Cola versus trying to get people who like Sprite or who like vodka or something like that. So that's no, my, I'm, I don't know. I'm agreeing yeah. with you. Okay, cool. That's and my the, final the, thoughts, the, by the, the way. And what's yours? What I want to bring up is that I'm, I'm agreeing, but we also have to have more than one way of doing that. Right. So I want people who can go right to those people who are independent voters or who don't vote even better. Right. They're disenchanted. But this is why you see me often hanging with third party people, forward party, green people, communist, socialists, because they're disenchanted with the system. Many of them don't actually believe in the views of those things. They've just gone to someplace different and they're actually open to change. Am I going to change a hardcore communist by talking to a hardcore communist? No, I'm not. But I'm not talking to that person. I'm talking to their audience. Their audience is looking for something else. And some of them are going to come off of that and go, oh, uh, communism was, is not the system, but I don't want communism. I like Larry Sharp stuff better. So as I talk to these other groups, I'm pulling off some of the people who are still figuring out where to go. They just don't like the duopoly. They know the current system doesn't work. So I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying my tactic is to pull off the audience of the people who are looking who think communism is the answer, four parts, whatever. But a lot of those people are going to come to me anyway. So that is my way of making that happen. I agree with you completely. 
Alright, Larry Sharp, unfortunately, we have to say goodbye, because we are already at the end of the episode, so with that being said, folks, please do me a favor, go ahead and give today's episode a share, and when you do, please tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty, Larry, where can folks go ahead and follow you to continue the conversation? All the Larry Sharp stuff. You can just Larry Sharp Google, Larry Sharp Twitter, Larry Sharp YouTube, Larry Sharp TikTok, Larry Sharp everything. And remember, it's Larry Sharp with an E. And the E stands for entertaining. And electable. Come on, man. Well, I'm not running right now. So right I now know. But that was the old the old goody one. Okay. When I was running, it was electable. Now I'm not running. It's entertaining. Well, you'll still be uh, electable in my heart, Larry. Maybe for one day, the future. One okay, day. good. All right, folks. Well, that's all we have for you. And uh, with that being said, if you guys want to get more Larry Sharp in your life, well, if you're joining us here on YouTube, the video should be popping up right about here. Go ahead, continue the conversation as I sat down with Larry last time. So we will see you over there. Otherwise, if you're joining us here in the podcast version of the show, which I know 99% of you are, hit the podcast, catch your artwork. It'll bring you to briannicholshow.com where you can find today's episode. You can find almost all uh, 700, yeah, episodes of the Brian Nichols Show. Wow. And you can find the entire uh, links and transcript from today's episode. Folks, thank you for joining us. That being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Larry Sharp. E stands for entertaining. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support.